Thank you for listening to this sermon from Seven Springs Presbyterian Church. If you want to learn more about us, please find us on Facebook or visit us at sevenspringspresbyterian.com. Oh, infinite Father, we give you thanks and praise that you are the one who has made us, who has formed us, and we seek to be able to give glory unto you. We thank you that you have given us your word. And we pray, Lord, that through the power of the, and the work of the Holy Spirit this morning, that you would sanctify us in the truth. For your word is indeed truth. Lord, change our hearts. Show us the old sinful man that lives within us. But also, redeem us and help us to put on that new man as we walk in that way of, that is glorifying to you. Show us forth Christ, that we might be able to give glory and honor to him one who has saved us from our sins. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hear now the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and said to her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and he shall, you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and is in is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And The angel departed from her now to verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For He who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name. And His mercy is for those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in his thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary remained with her about three months, and returned to her home. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. 
Last week we saw the angel Gabriel appear to Zechariah and give him the good news of what is called the impossible task for him and his wife Elizabeth, both advanced in their years. Elizabeth is barren, but Elizabeth conceives. And when she's about six months pregnant with John the Baptist, we saw of this joyous exclamation as she knew of what the promises of God were being fulfilled in, in this son of hers been born. And this week we continue to look at the first story of Christ coming down, dwelling amongst His people. And we're asking the question, what is the correct response to the incarnation What is the correct response to the good news of Christ coming? God, the Son, putting on flesh and dwelling among mankind. God, becoming man to be able to save man from their own sins. As Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. In our Scripture reading this morning, we saw who this woman is. This woman is Mary. And Luke records the angel's announcement, but also the song which is recorded in the last section which we read from verse 46 to 56. is known as the Magnificant. Basically, a Latin translation from the first line in her song My soul magnifies the Lord. Now before we look at this particular song and see Mary's response to the good news of the Incarnation, we need to know what she's singing about. We'll begin firstly to look at Gabriel's pronouncement. read this in verses 26 to 38. We don't have a lot of time to be able to unpack this, but just to be able to get an understanding of what Mary is actually singing about. The good news here is contained. Last week we saw Zechariah was told that he and his barren wife, Elizabeth, would have a child. And now Gabriel visits a young lady called Mary, a virgin. And we find out she's betrothed to a man named Joseph. And Joseph descends from the line of David. Now Gabriel is merely just a messenger of the Lord. When Luke introduced Zechariah and Elizabeth, he mentioned that Elizabeth was barren, an impossible task for this announcement that they're about to have a, a son. What's more impossible than someone being barren? Luke introduces Mary and explains that she is not barren; she is a virgin. And she appear, and Gabriel appears, and he speaks to Mary, and says, "Greetings, O favored one." The Lord is with you. We've mentioned this briefly before, but it needs to be mentioned again. If we seek to then elevate Mary to a position that the Bible does not elevate Mary, and often what it does, it elevates her to the, the side of God. Actually, if you were to ask most Muslims today, they would say the Trinity is actually Father, Son, and Mary. You can see during that medieval time when the Catholics were uh, throughout this area, the why this teaching has come apparent. 
they elevated Mary to the height and position of God. And Gabriel's greeting does say, O favored one. But it's not about that Mary is some form of superhero, as she will even later explain in her own words. But a favored one speaks of God's grace being shown to her. Rather than something intrinsic in her, it is God's grace which is shown to her. This is the story of the Bible. Noah is shown to have been shown favor and grace. It's not because Noah is worthy and righteous. Because God has shown him grace. Same with Abraham. Even Mary is somewhat unsure. In verse 29, you see that Mary does not know how to be able to respond to this greeting. Gabriel is sitting there and he said, Greetings, O favored one. And he's going back to angel school where he was learned when you deliver a message, the first thing an angel should say is, Do not be afraid. He forgot to mention this, but this is how he begins his second point. Now, just on a merely personal note, often when we depict images, we do not do them justice. When we depict angels, do they instill in us that fear and trembling that the first words or one of the first words that needs to come out of their mouth is, do not be afraid. Often we do these injustice when we're not portraying these images in a biblical manner. Gabriel explains that this greeting is actually one of God's grace shown towards Mary. And Gabriel finally tells Mary of the news which he was sent to be able to tell in verses 31 to 33. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom There will be no end. And this passage is loaded with glorious promises that we cannot unpack in this short amount of time. But we'll see even how Mary responds, that she understands these glorious promises which are spoken to her by the angel Gabriel. But Mary asks a question. Zechariah asks a question too. We know that Zechariah did it from disbelief, unbelieving. But it doesn't seem that Mary asks in this same manner. How can it be I'm still a virgin? And he explains exactly what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will come upon you. And a child will be born and he will be called Holy, the Son of God. In all of this, Mary does not elevate herself, but she sees herself as a servant As you see in the last verse there in verse 38, I am your servant. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And she goes down to be able to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth's exclamation as we saw last week. But now Mary begins her Magnificat. Which is how she responds to this glorious news which is presented to her. So what can we learn about how to respond during this time? Firstly, we see God's gift through His might. 
God's gift through His might. We do not have many words from the lips of Mary. However, from what we do have, we see a humble servant seeking to be able to serve God in whatever way He calls her. Sadly, again, many Christians have sought to be able to elevate her to a position she does not even seek for herself. We see Mary in her heart towards goal, God is to glorify God. She begins the Magnificent with three mys. She begins by saying that my soul magnifies the Lord. After hearing this good news that the angel Gabriel has given to her, she magnifies, and from the depths of her being, she cries out and she seeks to be able to magnify God. That her first response is worship, giving thanks and praise from the depths of her being. Should this not be our response as well? When we get bombarded, overwhelmed with every other external thing that ever can be imagined. And how worship gets pushed to the side. Even throughout America today, many churches are canceling their services on the 25th this year. It's too overwhelming for families, they say. It's too much. We can't do this. But the response of the Incarnation should demand that we worship God. Lift up His voice. Cry out and praise Him from the depths of our being that our souls seek to be able to magnify Him. The second my that she shows is that my spirit rejoices. Again, from the depths of her being, She rejoices in what God is doing, not only to be able to glorify Him, but with joy within her heart. But the third my is very important. What does she rejoice in? Who does she rejoice in? God, my Savior. She knows the good news that has been pronounced to her. He, the one which is in her womb, will be the one who sits on David's throne forever. Now, I'm a little bit of a Grinch. I'll grant to you that much. But there's a popular song sung about this time. And one of the reasons I think, I can explain it away, but one of the reasons I'm a Grinch is that often we have an image in our mind of what this birth of Jesus is like, but... Often it's, it's painted not by Scripture, it's painted by pictures or paintings or things or songs. Now there's a popular song that is sung around the time, and there's many songs that uh, you know, we even sing here. and uh, It might not be biblically accurate in the sense that we don't know what the Bible says about those things, but one that just gets really under my skin is the song, Mary Did You Know? Now I understand there's a bit of artistic license, But in all reality, Mary did know. As she sits there and hears the good news of what is going to happen, she knows that the the child born to her is her Savior. The one who is going to rule and all the promises given to her forefather Joseph's forefather David are coming to be true. 
She knows the promise is found in the Old Testament, and she knows that the child in her womb is the promised Messiah. Mary continues her Magnificat, again glorifying God and lifting God's name up to be praised. She also humbles herself that she knows that it's God's mercy which is shown to her, not because of anything she has done. She even calls herself a humble servant. Now consider this. You have a nation of Israel we see as they interact with Jesus in years to come. Families with prestige, honor, wealth, who come from a long line of rich, you might say, religious royalty within their blood. They're well dressed in the synagogues. They pray loudly and boldly. And yet, God chooses humble Mary. Shows the extent of what Christ is to come to be able to dwell amongst men. That He does not come to be able to dwell in, in palaces and kingdoms. But even in His humility, born from a humble body, lived in a humble house with humble means, died a great death of great humility and humiliation. Mary knows this. Because this is what God has been doing for generations. Not only that He has been doing it for generations, but she knows that generations down the road will call her blessed. Not because of her, but because of God's mercy shown to her. And then if we turn this around and seek to be able to elevate her, then we don't understand that she herself saw herself as humble. Again, as we saw last week, the response to the incarnation needs to be worship, but also needs to be humiliation, being humble. This is Paul's main point in Philippians chapter 2. The incarnation about Christ becoming low... And then when we seek to be able to elevate ourselves and think of ourselves more highly than we ought, then we have turned the incarnation about Christ's humiliation about us. How can we serve others during this time? How can we think of others throughout the whole year? Not just now. How can you share that good news with others? And as Mary shows her low estate before God, she shows not only her low and humble estate, but God's greatness through all of this. It is God who is mighty who has done these great things. Paul would later write that if your view of salvation lifts you up on a pedestal that you start to begin to boast, you have the wrong type of salvation. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of your own doing that anyone should boast. And it is God who has given this great gift of sending His Son into the world that whoever shall believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. 
And all glory and honor is due to God and Him alone for what He has done. Thomas Watson puts it this way, A sight of God's glory humble. The stars vanish when the sun appears. Mary here magnifies the Lord, lifting up and singing praises to Him. And if we're left focusing on Mary after chapter 1, we have not read what Mary has said. Mary's focus and eyes have been on God for His great gift through His mighty hand and His holy name. We see God, God's gift through His mighty. Then secondly, we see God's generosity through His mercy. God's generosity through His mercy. Now Mary does begin by mentioning herself. But again, this is not a mentioning of boasting, but of humility. But the rest of the Magnificat becomes centered around others and the whole world. The good news for others. The gift for others. The generosity shown by God. Notice throughout this whole section that almost every single line begins with He has. God has. What God has done, that He has shown, He has brought, He has filled, He has helped, and many more. And all of this begins with His mercy. Mary understands that she is unworthy of everything that has been spoken to her. She understands that God shows mercy from generation to generation. Again, this is nothing new about how God has worked in history. Many of the servants of God in the Old Testament had nothing to their name. They were nobodies. No one would have heard of Abram living in the land of the Chaldeans in Ur. He was just a man. No one probably would have even known him in his day. But yet one day, God appeared to him. God spoke to him and God made promises to him. That God showed him mercy and told him that I, your God, will make your name great. And if we think that the the New Testament then shifts how God relates and works to people, then we are sorely mistaken. The proud see no need for a Savior. The strong see no need for a powerful God. The mighty have no want for someone to be above them. The rich see no need for any inheritance that is undefiled, undefeated, and imperishable. And Mary knows the gospel message which is given to her as she seeks to be able to praise God is the same gospel message given to the Old Testament saints that God needs to show mercy. Now Mary, in this section, puts us all to shame. In this short little song of praise, you can see many connections and and, uh, overlaps with that of the Old Testament. You can see many similarities in in 1 Samuel chapter 2 with Hannah's prayer. 
after she meets with Eli and she finds out that she is going to bear a son. And she goes and she prays this magnificent prayer and a, a great even time this afternoon to open up your Bible and, and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and read 1 Samuel chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1 and go back and forth and you see these overlaps and similarities. But, it's not only this relationship between 1 Samuel chapter 1 and Luke, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1, but throughout this whole section there are many, many different quotes to the Old Testament. Now, she might have been a great student of Scripture. Now, given the cultural situation that not many people could read. Not many people have access to a Bible. Most of the time that a synagogue might have a scroll. Depending on the wealth of the synagogue. It depends maybe on how much you would have. But the chance of her being able to memorize Scripture, although it's not impossible, women were able to go to the synagogue meetings every week. The underneath, you might say, the preached word you might have known all of these Scripture references. Now, not to downplay Mary, but it is quite possible she is a great student of the Bible, of Scripture. But I think maybe a, even a more likely explanation is that throughout all of these stories of Elizabeth and even Mary, and, and that we see that those who are filled with the Holy Spirit so it's not so much that Mary might have memorized Scripture, but the one who has written Scripture, who carried along the men who wrote the Scripture, is the same Spirit that is working and moving in Mary as she sings this Magnificat. And in this, period, this short little period of time, Mary quotes at least 20 from my account. From Psalms. 1 Samuel, Genesis, Habakkuk, Isaiah, Micah. All of these almost direct quotations. Finally, we see God's good news through His Messiah. God's good news through His Messiah. The birth of Christ is not the beginning of a new story. We sadly sometimes think that the Bible starts in the New Testament. Every one of the Gospel accounts shows that this is not a new story. Even Matthew begins with a genealogy, showing our connection not just to the story which is to be told, but the story that has been told through Abraham and David and the promises leading up. Luke does the same thing here. As he, as he mentions, as he points back to Mary in her Magnificat, that she understands that this promise is not a new promise that has just come out of air. It might be a new chapter. It might be an important chapter. But it is still a part of the same story to be told throughout all of history. And Mary knows that this promise told to her that she's now singing about, is connected. 
We see in the last two verses of the Magnificat that God has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. Just as Mary knows that the Lord has done mighty things through her, just as a servant, He also will do mighty things for Israel, who is also His servant. The good news which has been proclaimed through the law, the psalm, and the prophets is what God will do for His people. And it has never been about the people saving themselves. I mentioned before that Mary uses terminology throughout Scripture of Israel being a servant. But a great example is found in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8 and 10. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took to the, from the ends of the earth and called from its father's corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you off. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mary knows her story is not just about her, but it is God's story about His people. It's not just about God being nice and showing her mercy, but God keeping His promises to His people throughout all history. God's people and the promise to be able to send a Savior into the world to save God's people from their sin. The promise of the Messiah. The promise spoken to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. To His offspring forever. The promise of the snake crusher in Genesis. The promise of Abel's blood which was shed, but there's greater blood to be shed through Christ. The promise that God would dwell in the tents of Shem. The promise that made to Abraham that I will make your name great and through you all the nations will be blessed. The promise of the great high priest of the order of Melchizedek. The promise of the greater prophets greater than Moses. The promise of David's greater son who will build a house who will sit on his throne forever and rule over all things. The promise of that stump of Jesse which will bring forth a shoot which will bring forth life into all the world. The promise of the shepherd to watch over the sheep. The promise of the temple of God coming in and dwelling with man and man dwelling with God. The promise of the rock in the wilderness bringing forth water, feeding our thirsty souls where the water will never, will satisfy us forever. The promise of the Passover lamb whose blood was spilled and shed for the people that the lamb's blood was shed that the people of God may live. The promise spilled of the blood spread on the altar day in and day out of bloods of bulls and goats which will a continuous cycle of sin and blood and sacrifice atonement. The promise of the suffering servant who the world will despise and look upon frowning. But He will take the place of the people promise of that Son born of a virgin. The promise of this Son 
who the government will be on His shoulders. Emmanuel. God with us. The list could go on. And Mary sits here and she praises God for the work which He has spoken about, foretold before, and now is coming true because through her, this promise will see fulfillment. Through this Son born of her, will sit on David's throne. His kingdom will have no end. And Mary knows that this child in her womb is the long-awaited Messiah which God has told through many Scriptures. This is the good news of the people of God. The promises reaching that point. As Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, the fullness of time. Now that time had come. And Mary's response is worship, adoration, praise to God, thanking Him for the promises foretold and giving praise and glory and honor to Him. How can this not be our response when we think about Christ coming down, God showing His faithfulness to His people, you and I, sinners, servants, whom He died for to say, let's go to the Lord. O gracious and most merciful Father, we give You thanks and praise. Help our hearts and minds be lifted up to this glorious good news of the Gospel. Of Christ's humiliation being brought low that we might be able to, and then being brought high that we might be able to serve You. That we then being adopted as children of God with this glorious inheritance to sit under Christ and His rule and His kingdom, which will last forever. Let us praise You with our hearts that our souls would magnify the Lord. Let us have this rejoicing within our beings as we glorify and have joy in You, our Savior. Let us give all praise and glory and honor to You as we think about what You have accomplished through Christ's life and death. Resurrection and Ascension. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Seven Springs Presbyterian Church. If you want to learn more about us, please find us on Facebook or visit us at sevenspringspresbyterian.com. Seven Springs Presbyterian Church began in 1874 and is a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America located in Glade Spring, Virginia. Please join us for worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. For His glory and His gospel.